So consider consider what I'm about to say as fanfic. Think of it as fanfic. This is Shanae's headcanon. So don't give me any shit about me. Because I'm saying that this is just a theory. I don't know him. I don't know the situation. But here's my theory. So my theory is... Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of Grown Ass Fandom. I am Shanae. I'm the host of this podcast. It's just me. Uh, this is the pilot, the very first episode, and we're going to see if we like it, if we dig it, if we want to keep doing it. And it is a show that is about K-pop, yes, but it's really about being a fan of things, being engaged with the world as an adult, and having fun and analyzing things the way that I love to do. You're probably here because of my TikTok in which I kind of create K-pop content and analysis, and we're just going to do more of that here. So that's what we're doing here, and I'm super excited. I'm already having fun, and we just started, so grab your glasses, clink, 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 pow, 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 and let's dive in. Oh, Okay, so I figured we would start with what I'm calling locals news what is going on outside of the realm of k-pop because obviously like i talk about k-pop because it's fun for me but there's stuff outside of k-pop of course and so i want to talk about the lil nas x video have you seen it go watch it and come back go watch it and come back so we can talk about it and tell me about it which i don't know where this podcast is gonna go (laughs) but reach out to me send me a carrier pigeon with your thoughts of the video so I listen, So I watched the video, listened to the song. The song is great. Lil Nas X is not a one-hit wonder. He only does hits, so we can't call him that, right? The video is iconic. At one point, he twerks on the devil, literally gives the devil a lap dance. That's big brain behavior. Where did he even think of that? He twerks for, okay, okay, before he even twerks on the devil, he makes out with himself. It looks like he's about to go down on himself. And if that's not self-love, if that's not loving yourself, I feel like BTS would love that. You know what I mean? It's real iconic shit. And I think it's amazing that he's doing this. I know that it's not easy. You know, the Black community does not, (laughs) has issues with stuff like that. Our community can be very homophobic and very kind of, not open for to people expressing themselves in the way that he is expressing himself. So I am happy that he is able to do that and that he's happy to do that. I think it's really exciting. He's giving us videos of like my youth, you know, when I was in elementary school and middle school and Brittany and Destiny Child and all that, where like he's giving us visuals. He's really elevating things in ways that you only see from like him, Megan and Cardi are the only ones in the Western market who are really pushing it. That's not true. But you know what I mean? I guess Doja Cat. Forget I said all that. Everybody's doing well. But this video is giving us just like, you have to see it. You have to see it. Because he rides a stripper pole down to hell. He rides, let me me repeat that. He rides a stripper pole down to hell. Can you, 
how, how does he think of this stuff? He's a fucking genius. Little Nas X is, is a genius. Also, a fellow Namjoon bias because he said that he is the hottest BTS member. And I just was like, look at that. Look at that. Although it's so funny because one of the questions that I got in preparation for this podcast was, what is, who's your bias? You know, I guess we can sort of start to transition into podcast talk. Yeah. And I don't know, like technically Namjoon, right? But if you've watched my TikToks, you know that I am, so I'm like literally a sugar sexual. That's how I identify. If I ever get on a dating profile again, that's what I'll say. I'll be like, I'm a sugar sexual. I am in love with Hobie. I'm obsessed with him. And you could tell watching my videos, I'm clearly obsessed with him, right? Tay kind of takes up all my mind, you know? I am a, to say that I'm a member of the gen cult is an understatement. It's an understatement. I am clearly a huge part of that community. Like Jimin, I think about him all the time, you know? You know, (laughs) my followers told me that he has nipple rings. Do you know? how much I think about that. Do you have any idea? And JK, I want the world for him. I want the world for him. I worry about him constantly. Like I am, I don't know. Sometimes biases feel kind of anti-Black to me. I'm just saying, I don't know. But technically, technically it's Namjoon and Suga is my wrecker along with Tay. But like, that's bullshit. We can all see that that's bullshit for me. I just love them all. And why can't I love them all? Speaking of this, let's get into our first K-pop topic. So I wanted to talk about this question that my friend May put. She's also a TikToker and she, I'll go follow her. Her information will be, like I established, I don't know where this is going to go, but I will make sure that you can follow her. And so she asked this amazing question of who could you pull on your best day, which K-pop idol? And of course it was for fun. It's like super fun. And I loved reading the comments because one of my kinks is seeing people hype themselves up, especially women, because it's so hard to do in a world in which we are expected to be both hot, but not know it. Don't get me started. It's just so amazing for somebody to be like, Yeah, so I am super independent and strong and can cook. And you know who I think will like that? Jackson Wang. Or I do this and you know like this and I'm doing like, I love that shit. Like when I was reading that shit, I was like, yes. Yes, they would. But it was really interesting because you had like that response where where people were just sort of like getting into it, hyping themselves up and sort of imagining what it would be like because it's just a fun, playful question. And then there was like the response to it, which is so interesting because there's like a community within the K-pop community that kind of considers themselves sort of the K-pop boundaries police where, and honestly, there are some times that are appropriate for it. I do think that stuff like the fetishization, like stuff like that, you know, the weirdness around the members is something that we should rightfully call out and sort of bring attention to. But there's some stuff that I feel people are bringing attention to or lashing out over. Like, for example, somebody like people who don't like fan fiction, for example, or people who, you know, see a question like this and see it as an opportunity to humble K-pop fans and be like, you're fucking crazy because of course I couldn't because I 
and me and I, he would never, they would never be attractive to me, you know, or, or any of us really, because of we're not K-pop idols. There's a couple things that I want to say about this, but one, it just kind of reminds me of this thing that you believe when you're younger, which is that the hottest person wins. And as you get older and you get out into the world and you realize kind of like how sexuality works, how attraction works, how people work, that it's not that straightforward. I can say this, especially around famous people. So I live in LA. I live sort of outside of LA. I live in Long Beach. And so I encounter famous people or I've been to places where you see famous people and I would be surprised about who would try to talk to me or who would try to hit on me or things like that. It's also like that when you kind of encounter really, really rich people, like really, really rich men. And it's because the more options you have, the less invested you are in the patriarchal systems that kind of establish the beauty standards, right? If you've seen one beautiful woman, you've seen them all. Every Because when you are that famous, you're exposed to so many people who are so invested in beauty standards. They're so invested in kind of beauty. So a lot of times what people do when they get super famous is that they are seeking out unique types of energies. And this is whenever somebody like cheats on somebody with somebody and they realize that that person is like not that hot or they're like, why are they doing that? Or like, why does this person settle down with this person? They're not up to standards. It's because, like I said, when you're rich like that, you are kind of isolated. You don't get to get exposed to many people. I was thinking about this as well when I was watching the quiz clip when it was like, the boys and that army who was iconic and she like came out and she was like dancing and she like didn't give a fuck. She's iconic. Our queen. Can we just tell her that she's our queen? Cause she is. And they were like scared of her. Right? They were like nervous around her. And it's a reminder of when you are that famous, everybody around you is sort of like, even the people that they fuck, right? Even the people that they hook up with probably whether they're idols or not, are within this sphere of world where they think the same way. They're kind of like all sort of the same. So whenever celebrities or people who are status are exposed to energy that's sort of like outside of that type, they are interested. They're interested in things that are new. You know, we've all heard the stories about, uh -huh. <laughs> I don't want to get sued, but Drake is somebody who we know to be somebody who likes a variety of different types of women, right? Like he's been very open about the fact that he likes, you know, bigger women. He likes whatever. And I don't think he's the only one. I think they're all like that. But because of the kind of standards around what is expected, they don't necessarily talk about it. So I say this all to say, of course, if you're illegal, <laughs> no. But if you're not necessarily looking like a K-pop idol, that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't pull somebody who is a K-pop idol or a celebrity or whatever, it doesn't matter. It's just about the energy. It's about your confidence. And I'm saying this as somebody who has experienced it, <laughs> experienced going to places with these men who you would think would never talk to me, having them talk to me because of just my energy is different. And again, like if you see one pair of fake boobs, you see them all, you know what you I mean? And that's not to devalue that or those women, but just to say they're looking for different energy. So there's that and that it just is not that straightforward. And so listen, I'm not saying that you will encounter your idol, but you might, you never know. Somebody has, there's people out there who have, 
And you don't want to, if you are of age, to kind of kick yourself out because of some predetermined ideals about what is attractive and what is not, according to the K-pop world. Which, by the way, I said this (laughs) in one of my TikToks, you know, given how oppressive the K-pop industry is around food, around body image and stuff like that. The porn OnlyFans type industry, I imagine, is a lot more diverse than you would think because people, I mean, that's how kink works. That's how sexuality works is that you're trying to seek an escape from these predetermined these oppressive systems, right? These oppressive systems that you have on you. Again, I interpreted her question as who you could pull for sexual relations, not for dating or relationships. So when it comes to who you could pull as far as who you could make out with in a corner or more, I think it's just more wider range than you think. I believe in you. You can get whoever you want, okay? Don't you worry about it. Okay, so that was our first topic. Our second topic, let me look at my list. (laughs) Because I put my mic on my list, how dumb was that? So the next thing we're going to be talking about is the genesance. The genesance, the genesance, the genesance, the genesance. Everybody's been telling me to talk about the genesance. I am the originator of the genesance phrase. So if anybody ever says that they go out of the genesance, be like, no. Hey, Shanae on TikTok, she said it first. So what's going on with Jin, right? What's happening with him? And I think it's a couple things. One, he's in a Saturn return and, or he is, or he's going to be in a Saturn return. It could be like the pre-stage. And whether or not you believe in Saturn return or not, the experience of going through your Saturn return is the same as kind of entering your late 20s entering your early 30s. So I think me and Jen are two years apart, three years apart. So we're pretty close in age. And so the experience of entering your late 20s and going into your 30s, like when I turned 30, I was like, oh my God, (laughs) thank God all that is over. So what happens a lot of times and what Jen might be experiencing, and this is just a guess, all of this is just a guess. All of this, by the way, don't take any of this seriously. I'm just talking. So what happens is, so even when you're in your 20s, you have this experience of really investing in, it's not the American dream, but sort of like the sort of system that society wants you to buy into. And that's, you know, you're supposed to get married and have kids. You're supposed to have career success. You're supposed to want these things and this things and these things. And so by the time you get into your late 20s, early 30s, there's this thing that happens where you realize that a lot of these things and these rules that you are following and these ways of thinking and believing in your world were actually holding you back. And I think when I talked, I talked about this in the Blonde Sugar episode too, and that like when you're 23, you feel like you're free from these ideas of what society is going to be and like you're an adult and being an adult means that you're free. But what happens soon after that is that you kind of are the like <laughs> the weight of being a human and being an adult of in the world takes hold from about the age of, I want to say, 23 
to 28 or 29. So like a lot of people have like quarter life crises around 25, 26, 27, because again, it's like that belief, that belief that you're supposed to go a certain way, that you are checking items off of a list. And then by the time you're in your late twenties, you realize that there is no list (laughs) and that it's all bullshit and it's all a lie. And so you feel this level of freedom And when you're in your late 20s, you kind of start to make the decision around, okay, now that I know that this is all a lie and I get to really choose how I want to exist in the world, what do I want to do? What does this look like for me? And it's like a kind of a painful process at first. And I think we saw that late last year and I guess for a while where it just seems like Jen was just like not all the way there. He just wasn't feeling his complete self. I think he was always there and excited and engaged the best he could be. But there was like something going on. And so then you combine that with the fact that, you know, we don't want to talk about the E word, but, you know, that. And then also the pandemic when, you know, it sort of speeds up this process, right? Because if you're a part of BTS, there's a lot of these questions that you don't have to really answer for yourself because you are contracted like you're in a contract and you're a part of an experience that is bigger than you. So you don't get to stop and make these choices. And by the way, the 23 thing also applies to JK, but maybe another episode. If we do another episode, I'll talk about that. But anyway, yeah. So you're in a pandemic, you're in the biggest bin in the world and you haven't really had to think about these questions yet of who do I want to be? What do I want to be? How do we want this to all kind of work? And I think that not touring and sort of just being left with the business parts of being BTS, which is being in these commercials, performing Dynamite 90 times, which I think more than anybody killed Jen. Like Jen, was it the Christmas performance where I was like, oh, Jen wants to set himself on fire. Like he does not want to do this anymore. And so I think that kind of combined to create this experience of like when I was, I was re-listening to a song and like reading the lyric interpretations, I'm just feeling depressed. And so that's where he was. And then I think something happened. And I, like I said, it was like, was in the middle of Fix You? I like to think it was. I don't know if it actually was. <laughs> that's what I like to think. But I don't know. I think he just had or he's experiencing this sort of awakening of himself and sort of like really being able to, now that he's kind of, or he is, it's going to take a couple years. Like he is just entering a Saturn return. I think it's from 28 to, I just, wait, 27 to 31. So so it lasts a long time. But I do think that it seems to me like he's gotten to this place where he's sort of like, fuck it. Like I'm Jen and I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to start living in the way that I want to live within this structure. I am going to like really be in touch of what aspects of this sort of experience make me happy. And I think that's where the genesis is coming from. That's where the glow is coming from. I think that the glow that you feel does not mean that everything is better right? Because I think that he's still going to have moments of feeling like he's not all the way there or that he feels sad. But I think there's a level of acceptance of 
the situation, of leaning into it, of not hiding these aspects of who he is, and just really embracing everything that's going on, which is kind of creating the genesis where he's like, I'm going to grow out my hair. I'm going to show up on live as myself, and I'm not going to try to perform. I'm just going to be me. And so I think that the glow is just him being like, okay, I'm here, and I'm just going to be me and do me. And I also think, like I said, he has a little bit of work glow. And I think we saw the film out uh, teaser. He's very heavily focused on. So he's front and center. So he gets to act. And I bet that, you know, he's asking more questions lately. He's, I'd like to do this. And, you know, yesterday, the the day before I'm recording this, Jen had a dinner. and He was like drunk on Weavers. And Bang PD was making him dinner and they were talking and chatting. And I bet a lot of the conversation was about kind of what we're talking about. What do I want to do? And he was probably asking Jen, he's like, Jen, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Like, what, what do you, how? Because I feel like Jen is such a team player. And so in the past, I feel like he sort of was like, whatever you guys want to do, or, you know, da, da, da. and I think he was a lot. Of, and he said this in an interview where it's like he was motivated and kind of pushed forward by his members. But I think moving forward, he is going to do stuff for him. And I want to see what he wants to do. Is he going to want to do a drama? I bet I feel like there's a big announcement coming soon. So that's the genesis. That's what I feel like is leading up to the genesis. I don't think that it means that he's going to be perfect all the time. I think there's going to be a lot of ups and downs. But I think he's sort of reaching to this new point in himself where he's going to be reaching for what makes him happy. Because when you, like, when you turn 30, like, when I turn 30, I feel like this result of this, like, all this is just, like, me being 30, right? Like, it's, it's this idea of, so here's what happens. Like, you realize that your experience, how you live your life has to be for you. It has to be for you. Like you are in charge, especially if you get to me and Jen's age, you're not married, you don't have kids. You realize that you have a lot of control over your reality and you start to kind of, I know what I did. I just did this recently is like tear apart your life and start to rebuild it in a way that is for you. And not anybody else because you realize that it's just you and only you, you know, like you can only live with yourself. There's only you, you're, you're all that's left and everything else, all the shits and stuff like that don't exist. And again, I think that it kind of happens differently for people who get to kind of, you know, the early thirties, late twenties, early thirties, like me and Jen with kids and a family, I think the approach is different. But if you don't, if you made it this far, kind of being, I would say that me and Jen are the same. We're like workaholics. You spent the majority of your 20 years, your your twenties chasing the business dream, right? And prioritizing that. Then at this point you're like, okay, what do I want? You know, for me making decisions, I don't think I want kids. I don't know if I want a traditional relationship. I want all my interests and having fun and stuff like that. So those are the questions that I bet Jen is answering. So that is the genesis. Yes. Okay. Let's let's take take another sip. Oh, take a deep breath. I feel like I talked a bunch. I wonder how much of that will cut. Clink, clink, clink. Clink, clink, clink. A stain on my cup. 
And we'll move on to the reason why you're probably here, which is Namjoon. So, one of the things that I, this is making a noise, one of the things that I have become known for on TikTok is heartbroken host stage Namjoon. Namjoon. (laughs) So, and people have been asking me, what is my theory around this breakup? What is my theory around him and what's going on with him? Okay, so let me start off by doing a huge disclaimer. This is all bullshit. I don't have any inside information. I don't know anything other than me being the person before you now who does a lot of analysis. I'm going to talk about my career later because somebody asked me, like, what do I do? And, like, stuff like analysis and shit from my job and my work and assumptions. Just so consider, consider what I'm about to say as fanfic. Think of it as fanfic. This is Shanae's headcanon. So don't give me any shit about me because I'm saying that this is just a theory. I don't know him, I don't know the situation. But here's my theory. So my theory is that he's not married, right? But I think that he was in a very long-term relationship. And by long-term, I mean three or four years or even more. I think it was long enough to where it kind of extended towards. So I believe, again, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. And if he's listening to this, you know, he could be like, go fuck yourself. So I believe that it's a relationship that, so it's either a series of relationships or my opinion is that it's one long relationship that has extended beyond the peak fame of BTS, right? So I'm assuming that it's something like around 2016, 2015, because for me, I have this theory that they were all hoeing around in 2016 because if you listen to the songs and stuff like that like their early era was them really exploring but I think that he got in a relationship around 2016 or 2017 and it's like a very serious relationship I do think that the ring is for that person I do think that and so I don't know if it's a promise ring like I said they can't be married because the record's Um, the public records would say it unless that's not his real name, but we're pretty sure it is. But I do think that there was something long-term. And so I think that there was a decision to break up, right? There was a decision to break up. I think that she initiated it because it's clear that he's heartbroken. I think his Valentine's Day post, and he still said that he still had a bunch of stuff to say. So I think that she initiated it maybe because she just didn't like the lifestyle of it. I can imagine that it's really difficult to date. I know that you guys all want to date. Like everyone's like, I want to date a BTS member. And it actually sounds awful and like really, really scary. And of course we don't really know the members, so they're not, you know, whatever. But like I said, in my theory is that she initiated it and he's been fighting it. And it's been like a long breakup. Like I know that there was footage of him looking at his phone and rushing out during that run episode. And that was last year. It seemed like they might've gotten back together 
in the fall because that was around so like the whole year I think it might have been a back and forth which is why he was like working on his body because the focus on his body and his weight and working out feels like fixation to me because you know you fixate when there's like other stuff you can't control so I believe that it was initiated some sometime around late 2019 so it's like a long breakup where she was whoever it was she he they was like hey I can't do this anymore you know things were kind of getting intense they were really in America a lot in 2019 in the beginning of 2020 they were like back and forth um to America even before the pandemic started so I think she initiated it she was like listen Like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And they broke up. But then the pandemic happened and he was like, listen, I'm here. Let's work on this. Again, I don't know. Like, this is just me guessing. This is like a fanfic. And so maybe he was like, okay, I'm here. Let's try this. And so they tried it. And it just didn't work. And it was like very chaotic because I think that the relationship, it's time for it to come to an end. But I think obviously breaking up with Namjoon, breaking up with any of the BTS members has to be very difficult and a long process because they are everywhere. And so if you break up with them, it's sort of like you just see them everywhere you go and that like fucking sucks. So maybe it was something around that where she was just really kind of like, I don't know. And maybe she was just like, but I love him. This has been a long relationship. And maybe it was around kids. Maybe she has to have kids or she wants kids. Maybe she didn't want kids. Maybe she's like I said, she just realized that they've been together for so long. And eventually she is going to have, I don't know. It's not, we don't know if it's a she. And eventually they're going to have to, you know, be exposed or whatever. And just looking at her life. And it's like, I don't know. And so I think that's what happened. And so I think that around last, around New Year's, he looked kind of like, like he had some sort of heartbroken host stage on him. Not quite. He just had a little heartbroken face. And again, this is just, I'm just making assumptions. Please don't kill me. I'm just guessing, right? This is us being fun. And although it's not fun. It could be wrong. You could be, they, they, okay, I'm gonna stop doing this. But <laughs> so I think they broke up officially where she was like okay we're not going to do this anymore we're not going to go into 2021 with this in mind or like with this still kind of ruminating and so then he kind of got into his heartbroken host stages where we are now where he's sort of like I think at this point he's sort of like upset about it or he's not just he's like upset of like why did I waste my time I am in BTS I should be out doing things and experiencing stuff and really doing my thing but also realizing that he misses having somebody in his life who he believes really knows him because I think the issue with any BTS member who decides to get in a relationship now, I know JK mentioned this in something I read about him where it's like, you know, how do you find somebody who really wants you for you? That's kind of impossible. Even among the idols, even among idols, he's an idol. Unless he's like dating somebody from Blackpink, there's like, nobody. I don't think so. Yeah. I, I couldn't see, I wouldn't put him with anybody in Blackpink. How, who did, who does he get shipped with? It's like the girl from Mamamoo, right? Hwasa? People ship him with her. Mm. 
Yes. So I think that's what happened. I do still think that she's a little older. I don't think she's younger. I think she's older. Like maybe she's around my age. Let's see how how it I mean, that's not just wishful thinking. That's just, I mean, but I'm just saying it's like a good, it's like a four or five year gap. I don't know, like five year gap, five, four or five year gap. I forget how old he is. Oh no, he's 26 now. So yeah, so somebody around that age, like a little older who's established and is kind of looking at their life and it's, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. So that's my theory. That's what I think has happened. Again, it's just a theory. And like now he's sort of in this place of wanting to refocus and recommit to his work and kind of have ARMY be his life and his career ambitions to be his whole life. And that's and just going to like have sex with whoever and kind of not make it sort of like a centerpiece in his life that it has been and be more like supporting his other goals. But I think that some of the emo posts that he posts, the heartbroken post shows that he's still kind of struggling to be okay with the lifestyle of not having that person in his life. And scene. That is my theory about Namjoon. Okay. Let's let's take another sip. Clink, clink. <laughs> There's just a little bit left. Clink, 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 clink. Okay, what's next? Let me look at my list. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to questions, right? So now I'm going to answer three questions. I figured at the end of every single episode, I will answer three questions um, about me, about K-pop, anything. And I got these questions from my 10K post. So I'm going to like slowly go through them. So the first question I got or I wanted to answer is like, what do I do? So I am a brand strategist. So I'm a brand strategist and I'm a content marketer. And so that's why I feel like people are like, how do you make your videos? And I think it's because of that, because my whole job and like I've been working, I work for myself. I have my own business. So my whole job is to sort of look at things, businesses, campaigns, and figure out the strategy behind them, figure out like the mechanisms behind them, analyze sort of like how people are going to respond to it, what we're trying to say, what the vision is, which is why I think BTS is so fun for me because it's just like a lot of like work porn. Like I'm a workaholic. I consider myself in addition to a sugar sexual that I'm also a like a work sexual. I just love work. And so I, yes, that's what I do is I do content strategy, figuring out what does a business actually want to, what they should share in order to reach people and connect with them and what the brand, sorry, it's a helicopter. What the brand should actually do in order to connect with people. And so, yeah, I find Big Hit to be very fascinating. I think that <laughs> if I was a brand strategist, I'm, I'm not sure about some of their decision-making. I think it's hard because they have so much money coming in. But unless they can do some lobbying around, you know, the thing that we don't say, you know, anyway, that's for another podcast. So that's what I do. I'm a brand strategist and I also am a writer. So I'm an aspiring writer. I've been sort of chasing my dreams to be a screenwriter, but I also direct and write audio dramas. I don't know if you know anything about audio dramas. They're just kind of like, you know, movies for your ears. So that's what I do as well. And I have a podcast that I created about Star Wars fans. I work mostly with romantic comedies and I have a pitch that I have been pitching lately, which is a K-pop pitch. So that's what I do. That's what I do. So that's the answer 
to that question as far as what I do. I, I hate that I don't have enough time to talk about, like, to do my cape. I do one video a day. <laughs> so I know, like, a lot of people, it's so funny because when you go to TikTok, everybody does, especially K-pop TikTokers are so prolific and everybody is so funny. And they'll have 10 videos a day. And it's, okay, my goal is to always just make one really good video a day. So I help people brand and figure out content strategy for their business. And so I have a vision for what, you know, the grown ass fandom brand could be. And maybe that's like fear on my part because it's because I'm like looking at it and saying to myself, okay, Shanae, it's not as if you have millions of followers. <laughs> you have 11, 12,000. Thank you guys for 12,000 followers. Relax. But I just have a big vision for it. But yeah, in my vision, I would get to do this podcast. I would do TikToks. And I really want to create Grown-Ass Army and fandom merch. But again, I'm not big enough to do that. You don't do merch at 10K followers. That's silly. Maybe I can't. But like, wouldn't it be cool to have like a mug that says Genesance on it? <laughs> Or like heartbroken hostage or like grown ass army. Maybe I will. If we get to 20K, I will make a shirt or something. So that's what I do for work. Next question. Okay, so the question was, there's two questions and I'm going to combine them. And maybe we'll finish off here because this is getting kind of long. And these are two big questions that I have a lot to say about. So the first question was, how has K-pop changed your personal life, and especially dating life? And also the other question was, was like, what do you, do you, I would love your thoughts on kind of like being a straight woman after becoming a quarantine army or becoming a K-pop fan and that experience and how hard it's going to be. And yes, I feel like it is going to be very hard, especially for women who are adult armies, and I would say deep 20s, early 30s, or even older armies who don't have the gift of direct access to men that can sort of replace the energy of BTS. And what I mean by that is if you are in college or if you're in school, you can like and be into BTS and then kind of be swept away by a crush or whatever, because there's just like a lot more people around you. But if you are kind of like a career girl and you're sort of just like in the world trying to make friends and stuff like that, if you want to meet men, you have to go online. And so going online requires a specific energy. And so a lot of that energy that women would have for going online is replaced by the intimacy without connection I mean, the intimacy without commitment that K-pop provides. I did a TikTok on this a while ago where I talked about the fact that the reason why K-pop is so addictive is because it is engineered to make you feel like you're in an intimate relationship with people that you don't know. It's like a parasocial relationship on steroids and that they're not just telling you that you know them. In every moment, they are talking about how much they love you, how much they appreciate you, how much everything that they've done and have accomplished is because of you, right? And they do these videos in which you're supposed to act like you're on a video call with them. And, you know, they give content where they are giving you just enough 
so that you feel like you know them without giving you the other parts that are probably more toxic and more problematic. The, their image is so carefully curated and branded, and I know this because this is my industry, that you are kind of given an experience. And if you combine this experience with the trauma of the pandemic, and if you're taking the pandemic seriously, the isolation. So a lot of people, it's just been them, maybe some of their friends and BTS. And so, yes, it is going to be hard and it's okay if it's hard. I remember I was talking to one of my friends about this and she was like, I feel weird. I'm like, don't feel weird. It's on purpose. Like this whole experience is going to create a relationship to BTS and other K-pop artists that is even not usual for this industry, right? Somebody who is a fan of BTS like last year or the year before last year is not having the same experience of being into BTS as the quarantine armies or the quarantine K-pop fans. Like it's a very different and intense experience because of the trauma that we're all experiencing. And I've experienced that with myself. Like I've literally talked to my therapist about it because it's also combined with this other thing that's happening that's a revolution within you know, heterosexual relationships, I would say I'd love a queer perspective on this, but I'm, I'm not gay. So I don't know how to like speak to that. But the other phenomenon is just that even before all this was happening, women were just sort of like increasingly done with men. So, and you see this on TikTok all the time where women are just getting more and more power. And as these, and then Trump, and a lot, a lot of the things around Trump, a lot of the attitudes around Trump, like really understanding how men view women. If you go on TikTok and you look at comments, like the other day, so I'm like also really into football and there's this quarterback who has been accused of sexual misconduct. And I was like looking at the comments of the men and I was like, oh my God, (laughs) like this is men. And so I feel like women are constantly having this experience. Straight women are constantly having this experience of liking men, like wanting men, but not liking them. And so you have a lot of women who already were just like done with men. And then you insert BTS in this concerted effort to make you feel like they're your boyfriends and to become super committed to them. So it creates this experience for adult fans where unless a man shows up on their doorstep who is the guy, and is kind of like going to perform in all the right ways that they're less, the all of us are less likely to feel inspired to date. And I know that sounds crazy, but it's true. And I said, like I said, if you are younger, like I said, if you're 19 or 20, 21, and you're in college and you're sort of like being around people your age and you're sort of like still partying, you still get that kind of intimacy from being around other people, it's probably not going to be as big of an issue. Like that longing is less kind of, you know, I feel like it's less tactile or whatever. But if you're an adult, especially since one of the biggest mind fucks of being into K-pop as an adult, and this might be like an individual thing, and this might be me like saying too much about myself, is that when you're an adult and if you see somebody and you want to fuck them, or if (laughs) If you want to have relations with somebody, you can get yourself in the space. Like you can get in the room. There's some way that you can sort of like, you know, there's, there's some, there's a way in which you can 
take your shot, right? You can take your shot in some shape or form. But with K-pop, you can't do that, right? I could want Namjoon to be my house husband as much as I want. And unless, like I said earlier, a scenario happens where I can get in the room and shoot my shot, which is unlikely, but if it is, I will be ready. You could bet your bottom dollar, I'm not going to be like, I can't, I'm not hot enough. Fuck that, fuck that. I will definitely take my shot. And so for adults who are used to being able to if they have feelings like this, that they have been sort of, like I said, they've been imprinted with, we have been victimized by these feelings, by a big hit, and you aren't able to put those anywhere, it's really hard because then you go out into the world, out into the dating world, and you meet these guys and they don't compare. And it's not really a fair comparison because every man does have the capacity to have characteristics like Namjoon, and we do not know all of who he is, but he's just giving, he's just kind of given the gift of better branding. Like he's just given the gift of, you know, editing, like he's edited, he's edited to be a perfect fit for you or I, and for us to be able to see ourselves with him and experiencing him because of like I said, because they're selectively sharing. And, you know, BTS is really good about sharing the good parts and the bad parts, but it's still selective. I'm sure they don't all have like super perfect thoughts about everything. That's why they just don't talk much, you know? Like it's like, it's like with men, it's like you don't want them to keep talking because if they're going to keep talking, they're going to say something shitty. So yes, I do think that for myself and I think for a lot of other women, it's going to be hard to kind of untangle the idea that the K-pop experience is something that has been marketed to us that we're consuming and it's not a reality that we can recreate in real life. And to think of it more, like I said, there are lots of men who can have the capacity to have characteristics like Namjoon, characteristics like Hobie and stuff like that. And so we can look for those characteristics you know we can use it as a tool because i think that's the other thing there's another episode like i have another episode of me about k-pop and like the women's sexuality movement and sort of like i have so much i want to say i have so much i want to say but there is stuff there i haven't gotten to that point yet i still like the idea of trying to date anybody right now or talk to anybody right now i just am like not interested because it's the pandemic but also i'm just not interested because like i said because of the way things are engineered you feel like that need is being met in other ways. And again, it's a unique experience because of the pandemic. Because of the pandemic, it makes it even stronger than it would be. Because I imagine like in 2019, when I was like in these streets, when I was like on the run, okay? (laughs) Personally, I was just like on the run. Would I be as into Namjoon as I am now, a year into the pandemic? And all the trauma that has come with it, I don't know. I'm not sure. I I don't, probably not. So yeah, I definitely think that it's going to be hard. I definitely think it's affected me personally and that it's just sort of like highlighted and kind of pushed aspects of stuff that I'd already been thinking, which is that like men ain't it. But Hobie is, but the thing is, is Hobie's not real. He is real. But the version of him is not everything I'm seeing. So he 
I have the capacity of having a experience like him with him that I would have with any other guy. It's just that he's like hotter, which is like something I always say to my friends whenever they're dating somebody who ain't shit and he's not hot. I'm like, what's the fucking point? What's the point of that? Seems stupid. I would totally be in an entanglement with Hobie for four years <laughs> because he's so hot. But like for not Hobie, does it make sense? It doesn't. I hope that answered the question. I don't know. I just think it's really interesting because it's such a unique situation that nobody's ever experienced. I don't think we talk enough about how unique it is for quarantine K-pop stands and like what they're experiencing. And I think it's what's going to be shocking for BTS when they come out to realize how intense it's going to be because a lot of people have formed sort of like an unnatural attachment to them. So that's it. That's episode one. Clink, clink. We did it. Should we jam on our way out? Should we finish? Okay, here's... Okay, Dynamite and Blue Hour. Do we want... We'll just finish Ugg. We'll listen to Oh, 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 Make sure you like and subscribe. <laughs> oh, 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 Okay. That's the end of the episode. If you like this, let me know. Find me on TikTok at HeyShanae. I'm also HeyShanae on Twitter. I don't talk about K-pop on there, but maybe I should. I just am afraid of becoming a Twitter army. Seems scary. I kind of... Okay, let's talk for a second. I kind of want... Like I, I, so my vision for the podcast is I would love to do these. I would love to do bring guests on, but I like want a space for us to talk. So I was thinking like a Patreon. Would you guys do a Patreon? Like one to $2 a month. And then maybe I can do a discord because I know people have asked me to do a discord but I can't manage. I'm sorry. I love you guys. I cannot dis- manage a Discord for free on my own because I would want it to be high quality and good. But maybe if I have a Patreon, I don't like. I said I don't think that I have enough followers to do this. But like a Patreon, Patreon where even for these podcasts, we can talk to each other about the podcast and what I said because there's not really a real format for me to talk to you guys about this podcast here unless I put it on YouTube and I can like, say everything I want to say because I feel like I was editing myself a little bit because I'm a little afraid of ARMY but then we could do Discord and like maybe like chats I don't know I'll think about it well just tell me what you think okay anyway let's jam let's listen to this Yeah, yeah, yeah.